What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to The Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered podcast. Today, we are talking about not just sitting there, but doing nothing. I have the amazing Jessie Kanzer, and she was born in the Soviet Union, and at the age of eight, she immigrated with her family to Brooklyn. She's a writer, former reporter, and actress. Her work has appeared in the Washington Post, the um, New York Daily News, Wall Street Journal, The Independent, The New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Huffington Post, Ravishly, Rumper, and now The Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered. I mean, what is life? Um, (laughs) Jessie lives with her two daughters and husband in New York. And we're talking about her amazing book that will help you find the superhero within yourself. So without further ado, Jesse, it's so happy. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much, Olivia, for that amazing intro. <laughs> I love, I love when somebody makes me sound so much bigger than I really am. <laughs> I love it. Well, of course. So what prompted you to write this book? So as you mentioned in your intro, I was doing um, quite a bit of writing before this book came along and I was writing all these personal essays on the experience of being an immigrant. Um, I actually came here as a refugee and the experience of being an outsider. And I was uh, putting in little bits of wisdom that I've gained throughout the years of the Tao Te Ching, which I love. It's a philosophy from 6th century BC, which I've really leaned upon in hard times in my life. And so I would put out these essays in these various big publications, and I felt that there was more that I could do. Uh, And that's how I started writing, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. I wanted to offer my own life story, but not as any sort of blueprint for what others would should do, but rather as kind of a test subject, so to speak, um, to look at how these lessons from the Tao, from this ancient philosophy that teaches us to chill more, to allow more, you know, to to push and force less, how these teachings played out in my life when I paid attention to them and when I didn't and what I've learned through my own struggle, because I think that all of us struggle in one way or another. There's no way, there's no way to get through life without struggle and hardship and heartbreak. And I wanted to offer this to folks before the pandemic started. And then the pandemic started and we were experiencing such a collective trauma that of course it worked itself into my book. And I do think now is a really good time for this book to come out. 
Yeah, it's coming out next week. I'm so excited. I'm going to order it because I, I, so I follow her on Instagram. So guys definitely check the links below to follow her all the places. Cause we're, there's no way we're going to cover everything that we, that she has in the book for you, but she does read a lot from the book on her Instagram. So definitely check that out. Um, but you said something that I watched about, um, how a burglar came into your house while you were pregnant and you, you had this knife and you had to literally like let him out because he couldn't get out. Can you please tell me that story? Of course. And thanks for bringing that up. And, and you're totally right, Olivia. I do read from my book on Instagram, also on TikTok. Um, I'm daily down on TikTok, but all of those links uh, live on my website, which I know you will have linked. Um, I also offer free content. There's like, you can get the first two chapters for free. There's bonus materials. I never want the lack of funds to get in the way of getting this information. So actually, if you follow me on these uh, different sites, like you can get the whole book without buying the book. I should probably not tell that to folks because I think the book is worthy to have on its own as a source of information. But honestly, I, this is what I live and breathe and put out there all the time. So I do want folks to be able to get it, whether you have the money to buy a book or not. And yes, that story, the story of my uh, tumultuous first pregnancy, it's one of these things. Cause I went through a lot in life of, you know, bigger struggles than um, not, not to minimize a burglary. It is not fun, but you know, I went through long-term struggles as well, but I found that by finding the humor in these situations, you really can get over them faster. And, but also sometimes just humorous situations end up in my life. And I think that the universe is like, you know, playing with me sometimes because we all have fears. We all live afraid of, of all of the stuff that we see on the news that could happen. And, you know, the Tao Te Ching talks a lot about how as human beings, we have this tendency to live not in the present, right? Mm -hmm. And so when things are going well, I talk about this and don't just sit there, do nothing. When things are, are happening the way we'd like, we still hold on to this fear of the other shoe dropping. And of course that was me because I struggled for many years. I struggled in the love department. I was actually a love addict. There was, a, there's, a, there's a diagnosis for it, but um, you know, I had, I would say I had an addictive personality. It manifested in various ways. I struggled with an eating disorder. Then I struggled with my lack of good relationships. And when I did finally meet my husband, and I, I like to say I manifested him because I did. I got my I got my shit together before, you know. So I, I I was I was in this really happy place. I was pregnant with my first child, but I was holding on to a lot of fear. And I'm not saying that I caused what happened, but I'm saying when the fear showed up, it was interesting, the comedy that was involved in it. So I was working from home that day. I was pretty pregnant and I, I looked for every excuse to work from home, not to ride the New York City subways and to feel so hot and squashed and whatever. And I was sitting, honestly, and I didn't say this in the book, but I was like in my underwear because it was a hot day and I was working on my computer and I saw this shadowy figure in my bedroom window. And I, I realized before I realized that something bad was happening, you know, kind of our brains go on autopilot. And this guy, this burglar pushed the air conditioning unit that we had into the window. Like, so it went through my window onto the floor of my bedroom. 
he jumped in as this was happening. You know, my body was acting faster than my mind. I ran out. I grabbed my bathrobe in the bathroom and I ran to the kitchen and I grabbed a butcher knife, which, you know, was not something if you would have asked me beforehand, was that what I would do? I would I would have never guessed. But I grabbed this butcher knife, which, by the way, I should add, is not the smartest thing to do, apparently, because I looked into this after this attempted burglary happened because um, the perpetrator can turn weapons against you. But anyway, this guy was not out to hurt me. He really was probably casing out the building. We were this. This was a building with many tenants and he there was roof work being done before. So he probably wanted to get into the building on a work day, grab some stuff and leave. Funny thing is we're minimalist. Me and my husband, we literally had like, he would have been disappointed either way. There's just nothing in our house that you can really grab. And um, he, well, now there's a lot of Legos and Barbies, but you know, who wants those? (laughs) But back then there was very little. And so when he realized someone was home, he had no interest in getting into any kind of tussle. He just wanted to leave. But I had this weird lock on that door that you couldn't just open simply by like turning, you know, turning a knob or anything. And so there's this robber. I'm standing with a knife. He's struggling with a lock to get out. So finally, I had to put down the knife and actually go over there and turn the correct combination of knobs to let this robber out of my house. So, yeah, it wasn't comfortable, but it also wasn't the way we see, you know, in the movies, it was, it was just very comical. It was a comical situation. Then I didn't want to go back in. I'm running around barefoot in a bathroom, barefoot and pregnant, trying to see if anyone else is home because I was scared to go back in by myself and nobody was. And yes, eventually we moved out. <laughs> that's, that's the long story short. We, we left the city. I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine for one, but it was really how you described it. I could tell your sense of humor because you're like, you know, yeah, I, I, the way you wrote it, I could see your sense of humor so fast and, and just, there's so many things that you share, like with your, your authenticity is so real. And that's what a lot of the listeners really appreciate on this podcast is just authentic conversations. And I, I want you guys to know that this is a really authentic book. Like she shares about you know, just, um, her past, like, like, like you just did. Um, and I, I love that, but also like bringing in that mindfulness piece is so important. Um, and in so many different areas of our lives, I was just thinking about this the other day. So this is so timely because it's like, I'm I'm really getting past thinking about the past. It's, it's the future fears that we have. And I heard a quote, I read a quote last week and it said, focus on the problem, fix the problems you have, not the ones you're imagining. And love that. that. And so like, how, what are ways that you implement mindfulness in your everyday life when you feel yourself getting off track? That is a great question. And, you know, life tests us all the time. This is what's interesting to me is just when you think you've got it figured out, you got it together, life will throw things that, you know, that that's what, that's what I say that, you know, with this robber, because this was a fear, you know, I used to live in the city and take the subway really late at night and walk and just, it's not that I was living in fear. It's that we consume the fears around us often. 
we are bombarded by a lot of messages that aren't even our own. And it's not like that traumatic experience healed me, but in some ways it taught me that there's no point living in fear because when fear does show up, when it actually shows up as an experience, it's going to be so different from what you imagined and nothing you planned will be of use at that moment because your own spontaneity, your own ability to reach for your own power exists in the present. So not in all that planning in the future. And so what I do now, because, you know, I do, I was somebody who was depressed and stagnant for a long time. And I talk very openly about it for a reason. I, in order for me to move forward, I had to really let go of the humiliation because we all live with these, with shame that we carry. Uh, shame over maybe not having acted in our own best interests and maybe damaging ourselves the way I did with my body when I was younger and uh, perhaps not standing up for ourselves or conversely, you know, being rude or angry and not being able to control ourselves this way. But we all carry shame for simply being human. And I knew instinctively that by sharing my shame, I would be able to help others. But what's the interesting thing is in sharing my shame and just being this open book, I healed myself because there's nothing left that I haven't already told folks about. I mean, you can, I'm sure somebody could find something negative to say about me because we all can, if we wanted to. And as we learn from the internet, people sometimes do. Um, But if you put, if you open yourself up and you just let others see your really vulnerable stuff, more than just, yes, you're helping other people because they see themselves in you, but you're really helping yourself. So one of the many ways that I practice mindfulness is this authenticity. And it's something that you got to check yourself over and over again, because we're raised in a world that's filled with mirages. And also we're brought up to be, you know, especially as women, to be pleasant, to be pleasing, to be polite and a lot of times we need to ask ourselves, okay, am I being authentic right now? Am I being nice because I feel nice towards this person or am I being nice because that's what I've been programmed to do? So this is one way, the authenticity, trying to just be your honest, real self. You can't fail. If you're being your real self, you can't fail. Some may like you, some may not, but you can't fail at being yourself. So that is a really good mindfulness practice because you all constantly have to check in with yourself and ask, am I being true right now? And then the other good thing that uh, is has been helping me a lot because I am busy during book launch. I'm also a mom of two kids. And one thing that really helps me with staying in the present is looking at the task before me, not the 50 tasks on my calendar. That's why we're so lucky that technology exists. A calendar exists. I don't have to think about it. I think about what I have ahead of me today. That is one of my favorite practices today and tomorrow I'll think about tomorrow. And there's some planning that goes, you know, some future planning, sure. But I I really think that a lot of our exhaustion and overwhelmment comes not from what we need to do, but from all of the anxiety and obsessiveness and the constant thinking about what we need to do. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And it's something that constantly is brought up. I'm one of, I'm, we have very similar personality types, both being a type personalities. And then also, um, you used to work in the food and beverage industry. 
I've worked in the food and beverage industry as well. So it's like um, being around different personalities all the time. That's, that's totally a thing. (laughs) Like, like you, you find out more about yourself sometimes if you are already establishing these practices through how you engage and interact with other people. Um, But I also found taking it day by day has caused me to be a lot less anxious. And yeah, I plan on Sunday nights. Like I calendar block. And I love that you mentioned that because it's like, yes, that calendar is your friend. Use technology to your advantage. It is not supposed to just be a distraction. Like it'll help you with your timeline and, you know, saving time, giving yourself space and room in your day and and working really with your own flow versus like, yes, I've got to do all these things. And oh my, like thinking so much in the future um, won't help you with what's going on right now. Yeah. It'll freak you out. If you start thinking, oh my God, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to, yeah, it it will, it it will overwhelm you because it is overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be if we just stay in the now. And as we've learned in the last couple of years, nothing's guaranteed anyway. We're going to spend all this time worrying about next week and next week could change the way it looks completely. Absolutely. And I mean, so with this book, after the launch, the signings that you're doing, what, what are you planned to do next? So I do have a lot of events. Again, they're on jessiecancer.com. Some of them are completely free. So I have events coming up that where I will be teaching the uh, the main tenets of don't just sit there, do nothing. Oh, by the way, when you're talking about calendar, I wanted to say that I also, in really busy days, it's really helpful to just write do nothing in capital letters and block yourself 10 or 15 minutes. I, I say, I call it schedule on schedule time. So I do... So one of the things I do is I give um, speeches right now. They're mostly on Zoom uh, speeches for companies. Uh, This little speech that's developed uh, this it's called schedule and schedule time because it's really important for businesses to encourage their staff and the people that create that make up a business to take time for themselves. And I think it's so counterintuitive, but this realization that when we take time off, we actually become more productive people. That's a fact. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm doing a lot of teaching around the book. I'm teaching with my mentor, uh, Laura Day. She wrote the forward to my book. She's a New York times bestseller herself, and she's um, an intuitive teacher. She I've studied intuition with her. So I'm doing this really great um, week long workshop in Omega it's an institute in Rhinebeck. So I'm doing a lot of, and I'm sure there's going to be more events that pop up around this book itself, but I am also going to be working again. I'm not a robot and I slow myself down, but eventually I will be working on another book as well. This is so exciting. Did you ever like, did you, I know you've been a writer for a long time, but did you think that you would be where you are right now? That is such a good question. Um, So yes and no. You know, it's interesting. I write about intuition in my book. It's one of the chapters because the Tao talks a lot. The Tao Te Ching talks a lot. Um, For those who don't know, it's a a philosophy that actually hails from ancient China, again, 6th century BC. So that's pre, pre, pre pre-modern day stuff. And it's funny to me that when I look at it, it really still speaks so much to human nature. I don't think human nature itself has changed as much as we think it has. Mm -hmm. And so it talks a lot, the Tao, about 
connecting with this, the Tao translates as the way, and it's about connecting with your inner voice, your inner guidance, the power within you, the, the higher self, call it what you will, and finding your own way. So again, it's not a religion, it's a philosophy, and that's why it works with any belief system, but it's a philosophy that what I love about it is it teaches us to connect with ourselves, to find our way, but my way is going to look different from your way, and it's going to look different from your listener's way, because we each are individuals. And so in my chapter about intuition, I wrote how in some part of me, I always knew I was going to write a book. Cause I used to talk about it at like 20 years old and say, you know, I'm going to write a book. And my friend would say about what? And I'd say, oh, I don't know about my life. And then just go on and forget about it. And so I do believe that, you know, Einstein said time is an illusion, although a persistent one. I think that there's parts of ourselves that feel something from the future that maybe have glimpses, that deja vu type of feeling. So yeah, on some level, I think I knew I was going to write a book, but I did not know what all this is going to look like. And I still don't. And I, right. I choose, you know, I have aims, we all have goals, but I really think this is another Dallas teaching. I really find it important to stay open to life itself and to work with what life is showing me. So I wasn't planning so much on all of these events. For example, I've been getting booked on some of these events and okay. So is life showing me that maybe there's a need for me to go out there eventually and not just on zoom and to hold workshops and to speak to people and to connect with people in real life. And maybe that's something I'll be doing, but I'm open and I, I consciously remain open to what life will show me. There's definitely a need for you in the space <laughs> um, because there's not a lot of female speakers in general, um, especially in the mindfulness space. You know, I mean, yeah, there's like they're smaller. Yeah. But I, I think we're over time, they will be elevated more. But I think a lot of things get in their ways. And I think that you're definitely so unique and you own who you are and you've taken the time to find out who you are before like yes you've you've gotten in information from so many other people but I just have a feeling that something like really big is happening for you in the next couple of years like I, I really do like I mean, Olivia, I mean that's a, you're so wonderful for saying that and I, I I actually I have that feeling as well but also you know what's so interesting I try not to, because I get so excited. It's exciting to think like big things are happening for me, right? And I get really excited. And I love that you say that. And I think you made my day today by saying that to me. But I try to get, you know, what I think I've been doing well, what I'm really proud of myself for is I bring myself back to right now and to just enjoying the beauty of this conversation. Because I've realized in looking at a lot of successful people, like the really big successful people, oh. if you lose that and you lose the joy of the interaction of each single interaction, I don't care how successful you get because if you lose that connection to the joy, what's the point of it all, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I yeah. mean, I just, I, I sense this about you. I sense that you're, you feel energy, like you're an empath. Yeah. 
like me. Yes. So, yes. And, and, and with all of the energies happening in the universe right now, oh my like, God, it has to be <laughs> insane to just feel like you're on the edge of something amazing and then still be like, okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me be right here. Okay. You know I what? I will that. tell you, I will tell you that the most grounded, this is why this is the perfect time for me in my life. And I've, um, of course, we all want our success, you know, earlier. I'm 40 years old now. Uh, of course, 20 years ago, I dreamed of it. But the funny thing is, nothing grounds me like my children because they don't give a bleep. Like, they're five and seven. They're the most feisty girls I've ever met. And probably I had a hand in that to some degree. And <laughs> they, they know what I'm doing. Like, I'm really proud of um, uh, putting in front of them a picture because uh, I was a stay-at-home mom, you know, initially I was a stay-at-home mom and I'm really don't regret that at all. I, I enjoyed that, but I'm really proud of putting in front of them someone who's going after her dream because there were no guarantees. And you know that, you know that as somebody who's living in, in, in her dream, I know that, you know, that there's no guarantees when you go and you take a chance on yourself. Mm -hmm. But I took that chance because I thought it was important for them not to see me necessarily succeed, which is awesome, but to see me try. That's what I want them to, to learn. And they ground me every single day because no matter what, I still got to run around and get this one her snack and get this one her lunch packed and get this one, make sure her homework is done. And, you know, it's so funny. Just the service, being in the service of other people is what I realized, whether you have kids or not, and whether it's animals, because I love animals too, being in the service of another brings such humility to your life. I absolutely agree. I, um, last weekend, um, cause I still work food and bev too. Yeah. I was, it was Saturday morning. I volunteer at an overnight warming center and this man, um, he couldn't hold his bowels. He was an older man. And like, he, there wasn't a whole bunch of poop on the floor, but there was some, and I'm the youngest person there. And I'm like, okay, I'll help clean this up. Like, I, I didn't want like the other older women <laughs> to like do all the work. So I'm doing that. And then a couple of days later, one of my coworkers steps on a wine glass stem and it goes through his shoe into his foot. He's a busser. And I'm like, one of our busters quit. Like I work fine dining too. So it's just wow. like, just not the time. Right. And so I like, I go, I clean up his blood and like, and they're like, are you sure? Like it's okay. I was like, and it was only like little droplets. I'm like, guys, I literally cleaned up a homeless man's face. <laughs> like, like this is not the same shit. <laughs> oh my God. What a, so what I understand. Amazing, yeah. What an amazing thing not, you're doing. I, I, and I, you know what? Thank you for, for like, for teaching me that for, for, for sharing that, because you forget that there's so many different, there's so many different ways to serve in the world. And yes, sometimes it's through raising hopefully good humans. Cause I think that's such an important job as moms that we forget. It's not just making sure they get to their activities and to school and whatnot, but to really raise good humans. And so I, I think it's so good that you reminded us that, and it could be done by volunteering and it could be done in your job, just in your everyday job when somebody goes, because when we are with other people, needs show up. And when you can step up and fulfill somebody else's need, you're like, you're doing the work of God, of the universe, of Tao. And in doing that, the humility that comes with that is great. It's like the humility, I, I say this all the time. Yeah, of course I'm proud of myself for, you know, finally, I say finally, like um, stepping into my power because a lot of, there's a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of discomfort and change. 
Uh, but I also know that what I did was allow this important information, this like empowering stuff to come through me. So I don't take credit for like my writing or whatnot. Yeah, I had I had a I had a knack for writing, but in order to produce anything of value in the world, you got to get out of the way. And what I'm proud of is that not the end result, but the ability to get out of the way and be of service, which is what you're talking about. I definitely think that life is found in the moments. I think that it's it's not the win, the happy win or anything. I'm I'm definitely not I'm I'm not there. Um, I lost like 80% of my belongings in a hurricane in 2018. And um, I became a Which pretty- one was that? Which one was that? Because I'm trying- Hurricane to- Michael in Panama City, Florida is category five. Um, yeah. And there's so many constantly going on. And I'm so I consider myself to be a humanitarian uh, because I like volunteer and do things with hurricane relief efforts. But I'm like, I, I can't just do that. I need to do yeah. things locally. Yeah. But- um, it's finding joy in the moments and because with time being fleeting, everly fleeting, it's, it's something that we cannot ever grasp. Once a moment is past, it's past. And I know that that's something that you really live by because I mean, that's, that's how mindfulness. Try is. to try to, I try to. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, no, we're never going to get it perfect. Yeah. We're not, we're, you know, we're not ever going to be those people. We're not machines. We're right. all having unique experiences and um, finding yourself in those unique experiences is just absolutely amazing. And I love that that's what you do with your book, with helping people, even though you're sharing your authenticity and your story, it helps people find something else within themselves. And I, I just think that that's beautiful and it's going to be, so I, you should give yourself a little, a little more credit. I'm not saying take it all, you know, but I mean, pat on the back. Thank yes, you. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to congratulate yourself. One of these days I'll take a vacation. That's, you know, it's so funny. Um, I, I do believe, um, so a lot of times I find by watching other people, and this is, this is going to sound bad, but by watching other people, I learn what not to do not from a place of judgment, but from understanding that that is not working. Um, I say that a lot of times I see people living lives of quiet desperation and I want to sometimes yell. And I guess this, what my work is now is that sort of yelling in a nice way that it doesn't have to be this way. That there are ways that we can connect with ourselves, that we can create stillness, that we can, can create moments. So yeah, I'm, you know, I haven't taken a vacation for myself in God knows how long. I've taken some trips with the kids. I wouldn't call it a vacation. <laughs> but um, I take moments for myself every day, every day, because I'm not going to be living, waiting for some future chance to take care of myself. You know, some days are easier than others, but sometimes after those kids get on the bus, I go back to bed. Like I really believe in nourishing yourself in the present with anything that you have. Sometimes we have very little. And I understand that too, because, you know, when I came here, we had nothing. We came as refugees. We used food stamps. We, you know, you do what you do in the beginning of building a life. And um, there, there was food insecurity. Um, and so I understand, I never want to overlook the fact that some struggles are survival struggles. But in every 
situation in life, even when you have nothing, there's something little that you can do for yourself that you can give yourself. And there's a way to practice gratitude, even if it's for simply the pillow under your head. Absolutely. And it's finding those moments, whether you're in a dark place or, you know, in the place of where I find myself now, which is a really, really blessed place to be. But you have to work, you know, the Tao talks a lot about whether you're going up the ladder or down, keep both feet on the ground. It's paradoxical like that. You, you gotta, yes, you're right that you're right that you need to celebrate yourself sometimes and you need to be proud of yourself. This is so true, but you need to be proud of yourself, whether you're succeeding really, you know, you're like flying high or you're failing because then you'd be proud of yourself for taking the chance to begin with. Absolutely. I love that because that's something that I need to do more often is not be so hard on myself. So, you know, just being grounded in the here and the now is something that, like you said, I don't do all the time, but it's something that I've been working on a lot more. Like I've noticed recently, like online on Facebook, I can't do it. Like I'm just, I'm like, let me go back. And, Cause I've been, I've been in scripture a lot lately. Yep. And I've been like Kanye stuff, Super Bowl stuff, people talking about other people's opinions. I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is, this is so, this is just. I- I love, see, okay, so I say that awareness is like our greatest superpower. What you're talking about is what I think we're all dealing with. I know I am, God, like I go on sometimes to do something very specific and then time passes and I'm like, why was I here? Like I needed, I think I needed someone's email or like, you know, so I have a chapter in Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing called Stop the Thumb. And (laughs) that's what it's exactly about is it's about this awareness. Look, we cannot we can pretend that we can live without technology. We really can't. And like we talked about with the calendars, there's useful stuff that comes out of it. And by the way, useful information to spread, useful ways to connect and uh, give during times of crisis, during hurricanes, you see what people need. There's useful stuff that comes with these resources, these technological platforms, but they are also super addictive and they pull us in and they're created to do that. And if we don't acknowledge that and don't realize that we're all addicts in a way, and often we're addicts who are putting like alcoholics who are putting bourbon right next to our bed at night, because that's what a phone is, you know, someone in recovery would not do that. So we got to treat ourselves with compassion because we're human. And these are machines that are made to pull us in. But the awareness, when you practice awareness, when you practice mindfulness, what happens is you're able to pull yourself out of there faster. And then you're able to restructure yourself in a way that you don't go down that rabbit hole as often. Or I like to say, you know, look, you can you can find parameters for engaging online. For example, if you're going on Facebook and you know that you've been getting sucked in lately, you put a timer on on your phone. And when that time's up, you, you, you know, you bounce. That's just the way it is. And this is just one example, because I also say to people, like I, I joke in the book, like I'm not the boss of you, but there are ways we all know there are ways to be more, more mindful. How I tell my clients when it comes to like social media, because I work with, with content creators and female entrepreneurs and being a producer and not a consumer is very important to me, but also how much of your time are you going to invest with social media and these platforms? 
that's really how I see it. It's like, you're investing your time with these things. And so for me, when I'll see these things, I'm like, oh my God, like, let me get off real quick. I wasn't always like that. Like I, I was on TikTok one time and I lost 13 minutes out of nowhere. I said, I'm not doing this again. (laughs) So, you know what, you're better than so many of us because you recognize that. That's why I say awareness is superpower. You recognize that you weren't in control of that moment because it pulls you in and that's what it does. And I agree with you completely for me as well, being, I balance it because I'm both a creator and a little bit of a consumer. But I, what I say is, you know, if you looked at my feed, you would know exactly who I am really quickly because it's all spiritualness, spirituality and wholeness. And, and like my whole feed is just, if every feed was like that, I think we'd have less problems in the world because I unfollow the second something makes me feel off. I unfollow. And I have no problem doing that because I want it to be a place that does not depress me. There's enough stuff out there that brings us down. Yeah. One of my saying is, is I don't get on social media to get pissed off. I have a lot of parameters, you know, when it comes to. That's exactly, that's exactly what I talk about in the chapter. It's the parameters. It's not because, you know, so I'm someone who dealt with bulimia for many years when I, and it started when I was younger and when I was. Uh, um, really young when I was 13 and I started having issues with my body, with food, you know, our brain isn't fully formed then. And um, a lot of people are dealing with that now. A lot of young girls are dealing with that because of social media and it's, it's an ongoing problem, but at some point we become adults and we need to take responsibility for ourselves. And I learned then in healing um it was a really good lesson of something you could not just take out. You can't just take food out of your life. So I had to really learn to not just erase food. Like you can, you know, I was, I also used to smoke. You just don't smoke anymore. You're just taking cigarettes completely out of your life. You can do that. Can't do that with food. And I had to learn this balance, this change of energy of relationship where something that was destroying me, I had to change and, create a nourishing relationship with. And I think that it's very similar to what we can do with social media. Absolutely. Making our feeds something that we like, which is also like, a, it then, then it creates another trap, but having that, um, those boundaries, setting up those boundaries That's and, right. and having the, the balance of, you know, being in the present moment. And because I'll, I'll start to find myself comparing, like when I'm mm. feeling low, Yep. I'll start comparing. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, okay, it's time for me to get off. It's time. For- Isn't that, you know, I love that you say that. I love your honesty with that because <laughs> I think there is something that is not discussed as much yet. We all know that social media is addictive, but the jealousy, the comparison that happens is pretty crazy. It's something, there's something also that is triggered in us as humans because it happens to me and it happens to you. And I would uh, take a guess that it happens to most people where we look at something, we think like, well, why is she doing so well? Like in, for us as creators, you'll, you, you know, it, there's could be a comparison that's more about the, you know, the level of their social media feed for regular folks. It could be the comparison of the vacations other families are taking or what these people are doing with with their kids, what I'm not doing with my kids. You know, I joke like I wrote about this and don't just sit there, do nothing that during the pandemic, uh, people were posting all these amazing like science experiments they were doing with their kids and like exploding volcanoes. And I was just trying to survive. And there's this thing that happens where we're like, 
God, they're all better than me. Like there's something in our heads that clicks. And again, awareness is a superpower because when you realize that you think, you know, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you need to believe it. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll sit there and compare, but we don't talk. You, we can, yeah. we can watch somebody from high school Yeah. not have, and I granted I, I'm four States away, like being military, like that, that's yeah. four States past me. And I can look at somebody and be like, oh, they're doing so well if I'm feeling low. And it, it doesn't happen all the time. I'm usually like yeah. good for you type of person, yeah. but yeah. it's like, if I'm feeling low. Yeah. So, but we don't talk about what they're going through. People only post their highlight reels. Totally. And we know totally. this, but in that moment. Totally. And there's just such a lack of connection with social media. And I think it's becoming more and more of a problem. Yeah. And, and I do. I, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. Fin- finish your thought. I noticed it after isolation from COVID that I would see people in public and I would not even like, I would see what they were wearing and I would already start to think about them because the moment you look at somebody that says something like a comment that you don't like on social media, I, w- I would do the habit of like looking at their profile and then coming up with this whole story about them because they were this type of way, especially with the election and everything like going yes. at oh that time. Like yeah. after that, I noticed myself being so, so judgmental. I'm like, I can't. So I took a break from, from that. But I, I think a lot of people are still in that space and they don't even know yeah. it. Yeah. And I was going to say that I, I love what you said. That, you know, we know that people are posting their highlight reels. One of the things I say in the chapter, stop the thumb in, in don't just say that you're nothing is because I, I actually dedicate a whole chapter to this because it's such a big prevalent part of our existence right now. And what I said is if, when you're posting things and you know, where I, when you're a creator, some of it is about promoting what you're offering and that's a beautiful intention. But when you're posting just as a human and you're posting a picture of whatever, you have to check in with your intention because you got to realize that when you post something that you have, there are going to be people out there who, for whom it's going to be a realization of what they don't have. I noticed that a lot during the period of time when everyone was getting engaged in my life and my, you know, my age group. And there was this constant barrage of engagement rings. And it doesn't mean that other people shouldn't be happy for you or that you can't share your good news, but you got to check in with the intention. So I say like, maybe curb the amount of braggery posts. And uh, it's easier to do when you realize this is going to make someone, this is going to trigger someone. This is going to trigger something that they haven't been able to achieve in their life or get in their life that they really want. And so what I say, maybe mix in those posts, the post of what, of what you do have with posts of reality, of vulnerability, of real sharing, because that's what really connects us. Sharing Mm -hmm. with something you may have been going through or something that you were able to overcome, but the sharing of the real story versus the highlight reel. I think that could be so useful if more of us shared our vulnerabilities on social media. I absolutely agree with you on that. And it's something that I I definitely am trying to do more. Um, I only post like positive stuff, but I realize there's still like people have no idea like what I go through. And I mean, you with sharing your book, I got to know you so quickly or like an idea of you so much quicker than I would someone else that was just super 
bragging, you know, everybody is not going to share in your joy either. And that's okay. You're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. You're right that it's, and that's okay too. You know, listen, (laughs) when I started writing all these like personal essays that were on, you know, whatever, New York times, LA times, et cetera, I also got plenty of negative comments. And there were people, you know, I remember being really triggered when it was my parenting in question, because I wrote a, I wrote an essay for the times about raising first generation Americans and, you know, how I like revel in the freedoms that they have that I didn't have. And they were really little. I think they were three and five when I wrote it. But there, there, there were people writing, oh, they sound obnoxious and that you let them, you know, like you, you, you're just spoiling them or you're, you know, and at first I let that get to me, but the great lesson and, oh, and I wrote another, I had another article I wrote. It was a satirical one, a funny one, but the truthful one. And it was called uh, my one-sided competition with my husband's ex-wife because I was obsessed and I was getting into these like internet holes of like checking up on this person. And, you know, when I had met him, she was still in his life. And um, it, it was not at all, I was not, you know, I was not just making this woman look bad. And it was really about me and my own inability in that time of my life to control my need to to compare and to search. But there was a lot of, I, I don't think everyone got the joke and they were like, oh my God, the second wife sounds crazier than the first. And so the great thing of having been, having had this experience several years ago of putting myself out there and getting negative comments along with the positive ones is I learned to pay attention to none of them. (laughs) It, you know, if someone tells me I'm of service to them, that is a huge gift. And I will take that any day. And I don't think I will ever grow tired of that. But other other than that, I've learned to just not care. Like there's always going to be a critic. And I think the sooner you learn that, the better off you are because the the negativity that comes from social media, like when Miss America committed suicide a couple of weeks ago, yeah. it literally broke my heart because I'm from South Carolina originally. She's from North yeah. Carolina. Uh-huh. She went to USC. My mom graduated from USC. So like, it's just, it's, it was kind of close, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I mean, she's a year older than me and I'm just like, man, and three other people committed suicide that week, Yeah. you know? And it's, I, I definitely feel like it had to do with, she, they, they did talk a lot about the trolls. There's so many out there. And, and there's kids, there's kids dealing with this as well. Teenagers, kids in school. There was a, there was a boy who also, uh, you know, died by suicide as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it is actually, it's a real problem. And I mean, I, I honestly believe that your book will help with that. Thank you. No, thank I you. really do. Thank you. You know, we all help whatever degree of success we're able to reach with whatever we're doing with our podcast, with our books. I believe that we all help when we put our light out into the world. And you know, what's so interesting because you were telling me, you know, the, what you did for that homeless man. And that small act is such a big act in a way. Um, probably the kind of act that gets overlooked because, and I say this and don't just sit there, do nothing as well, that a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there doing good things, but you're not going to read about it in the news and you're not going to, you know, see it in your social feed. And that's why it's important for us to do this as well. And to have these conversations, because I think it's going to take a lot of us to counterbalance 
the negativity and honestly the the direct the crap that's out there the reality shows that the, the things that are that are stealing people's energy i would say like we're leaking energy left and right because we're obsessing about this or obsessing over that and watching this and none of it is giving something back to us so yeah it takes a lot of us it's, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot a whole village to to hopefully get humanity to a higher place uh, in the spiritual yeah have a higher world. consciousness yeah. overall absolutely yeah, yeah. It's going to take a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it's definitely work, but we're, we're born in a very interesting time. Yes. And I think that, you know, the more of us that are waking up, that are aware of their callings and, and, and finding out who they are, um, will help get it to where it needs to be. And those that don't, you know, it is, you know, Hey, yeah, we yeah. tried. We <laughs> yeah. No. And you're so right because the Tao says it's so funny. And one of the verses it's like, you think you could change the world? I don't think it can be done. The world is perfect as it is. Change yourself. And, you know, I'm um, paraphrasing a little bit, but I thought that was so powerful when I got that. A lot of us come in here, you know, come with the, these grandiose ideas of changing the world. And you know what? That's not how change actually occurs. Change occurs one person and one interaction at a time. So you change your, be the change you want to see, you know, and you get your internal self into a place of light. And then you take that light to every interaction. And I guarantee that will change the changes. The ripple effects of that change will be bigger than you can imagine. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse. I'm, it's been such a pleasure to just have you on and share space with you. I got so excited right before we were recording because I was just like, I get to talk to the coolest people. Like, what is my life? Like I, I, I get to talk to so, you know, have so many amazing conversations and share them with the world. And, you know, and I just want to say that when you're in that space, you, you, that's the space, that's the space. When you can drink that up and feel the energy of that, you just create more of that in your life. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's exciting. And you know, you're not where you want to be, but it's like finding it's that little moment of like, just human interaction for me. Yeah, because, well, the thing is, anything that we want, we want for how it's going to make us feel and how it's going to, the effect it's going to have once we're there. So if you can get to the feeling place of already being so grateful, already being so excited, you're only going to have, you're only going to pull more of that into your life. So I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And I'm happy for you. I cannot wait Thank to read you. the book, the Thank full you. book. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> and guys, definitely check it in the show notes below. Again, it was such a pleasure to have you, Jesse. Thank you, Olivia. It was really, really a treat for me as well. Cause I, I know the difference when you feel like you're talking to your girlfriend and you're having a conversation, you know, the spiritual realm is my favorite realm to be in. And the conversation of empowerment is my favorite conversation to have. So thank you for that this afternoon. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.